Welcome, welcome, welcome to the QC Hornets Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories that other shows won't and giving you that inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Rex Walters. We get into a variety of topics, such as his interesting path to joining Steve Clifford in Charlotte, reuniting with Cody Martin after their time together at Nevada, working with the Hornets' big men and his other duties, his impressions of the mellow ball, and more. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. As we discussed last week, the Hornets have been one of those surprise teams so far in the NBA, but over the last couple of games, they've cooled off considerably after that impressive start, especially since beating Golden State at home on Saturday in Uptown Charlotte when the crowd was in a fever pitch when Steph Curry, the hometown king, couldn't get a win with the Warriors. But then the Hornets came back out on Halloween night two nights later and blew a double-digit lead and lost to the Kings. And then they come out and lose to the Bulls in Chicago and get another player injured in Gordon Haywood. And that's kind of been the theme of the team so far this season. That's why people were so surprised about their good start to begin the year. But now it's a look back to reality per se, because the injuries have really taken a toll on the team and the roster. It's tough enough when you don't have your all-star point guard, LaMelo Ball, and his infectious energy out there and his ability to dissect opposing defenses and find teammates for wide open shots and lead the fast break. You don't have Terry Rozier out there as well. That was a serious problem. Terry was known not only is a, is a high volume scorer, but he also is the backup point guard for the guys, the team until he discovered Dennis Smith Jr. can step into that role more than admirably as he has since lamel has been injured pretty much the entire uh, season, obviously. So injuries, have been just tough to overcome for the Hornets throughout the first month plus month plus of the season. And, you know, to get Gordon Haywood as well, um, have a banged up shoulder on top of missing Cody Martin, your top defender out there. It's really just tough to kind of keep it all together. So after the game in Chicago, I asked Steve Clifford about that. Essentially, that's basically the way he, he said it was when you look at things and where they are now, it's one thing to overcome a couple players, but the Hornets are down pretty much the bulk of their playmakers, a bulk of their scoring. And to be able to sustain that every other night, for the most part, against teams that are more talented than you, essentially is just not going to work. So the Hornets have to get healthy and get healthy quick. And from Early indications from what I'm hearing that could definitely be a possibility as they go into the weekend, as they get ready to take on the Grizzlies in Memphis on Friday before coming back home to host the Brooklyn Nets and that carnival act on Saturday. So we'll see exactly who comes back when. But for those of you who follow me on Twitter and uh, check out my videos I post some time before the games um, or even shoot arounds of the guys working out or practice, you can tell that 
they're really, really close. So I'd be almost stunned if the Hornets don't get some of their injured players back by the weekend. And if they're not playing in either one of these two games leading up to the game against the Wizards on Monday, then I would pretty much be a betting man and say that barring a setback, because that could always happen and go out there and tweak their ankle in warm-ups or practice, barring a setback, I can see them getting at least one, if not two, or potentially three of the injured players back. The question mark will be Gordon Haywood and just how he's feeling and where he's at with his shoulder. We won't know more on that until the weekend goes on. But that's really the key for the Hornets right now is getting healthy. Yes, they've got some really great play from Dennis Smith Jr. They've got some really heady play from Jalen McDaniel, so we'll discuss later on our random factoid. They've you know been able to get some good play as well from Kelly Oubre Jr. And as we know, Nick Richards has held this thing down for the most part inside and been a really good find for them as a backup center. So they had some nice pieces there that have been really um, positive and things that you could kind of hang your hat on if you're Steve Clifford and the coaching staff. But again, it comes down to health. And when the Hornets get healthy, then this will push other guys back in the rotation a spot or so. And that should just make them a little bit better as they move along here. Because think about it, a guy like Ateo Maldon, Maldon, he was been great in the backup point guard role. And when I say great, you know, I'm, I'm obviously saying he's been solid. He hasn't gone there and dropped 20 points and 10 assists per game, but he's been a player that's going with somebody who you had no idea, most likely, if you was on, he's on the team, to a player you're like, oh, you got to play this guy because we got guys hurt, to, oh, he could be a real five for us down the line. So there's been a lot of positives, again, for the Hornets during this stretch, but the overwhelming theme is injuries. And I think from everything we're hearing, they will start to get healthy, which, as we know, is only going to help them out because when you've been down, the guy, amount of guys you've been down, and you almost are ready, almost you know, um, you know, into double-digit games, they've missed. That's a problem for the Hornets because even though they've shown they can hold it down with those guys out, you can't replace the mellow ball. You can't replace Terry Rozier. And Gordon Haywood, even though people rag on him about the injury history because he's been injured and he hasn't played a full season, when he's out there, he helps you out as well. So Cody Martin, same goes for him. So the Hornets have to find a way to just get these guys back and healthy. And if they do that, then we'll see how good they can be because they're going to take time to still have to figure out who works best with what combination on the floor because because of all the injuries, they haven't had a chance to do that. So we'll see how it all shakes out over the next week or so. But expect the Hornets to get a little bit healthier here moving forward. And it can't come at a good enough time for them because they definitely need some reinforcements, as we've seen in the last couple of games, leading up to the week in action against Memphis and against Brooklyn. All right, time for a quick mailbag this week because we get a couple of injury questions since – it's been a hot topic this preseason and season so far with the Hornets and how many guys they have banged up. So one question came from me to me on Twitter from Hopstep Joe, um, which is 
at E-L-P-I-J-O 86 on Twitter. And the question was, we never got any details on the Terry injury. What grade is it high or low? That's one thing with injuries is the Hornets don't give out specifics and really no team does in part because of HIPAA privacy laws. And then two, because you just don't want to give out too much information publicly about the player. So we don't know exactly what it was, but if you follow me on Twitter, which I assume you do hop step Joe, then essentially what it, told you then when I told you uh, when Terry got hurt against New Orleans was he was walking out of the arena in a, in a boot. And usually that's not necessarily a good thing because even though trying to protect the foot to make sure it doesn't get further injured, when you're in the boot, it's going to be hard for you to come back and do things you need to do in the basketball court right away. So that being the case, I just didn't see Terry playing for at least a couple of games. And, you know, so we don't have the exact grade, but when you, see him in the walking boot immediately after and, you know, see he's taking another week or so for him to kind of just get his rhythm and everything else back there, his timing back. That's kind of where we're at with that. So the Hornets don't really give out injury information. And even if so, whether it was a high or low ankle sprain um, in terms of the grade, it wouldn't do you justice anyway, because even if they gave you um, that per se uh, information, then he could still come back faster than other people who have had the same injury. So timetable stuff and up stuff something you will never see from the team so if you're ever going to ask about timetables and how long a guy will be out really it's going to be only approximation until the training staff the player and everybody's on the same page about how that individual is feeling because when you put them out there you don't want to have any kind of setbacks whatsoever so that's why you didn't see any information about terry rosier's ankle sprain and you won't see really any information about that um, from the Hornets for the most part. So thank you again for the question. I really appreciate it. So that was one question. And the other question was essentially was a general question that I'll, I'll answer. And what that boils down to is people talking um, or asking me a question a lot of times about um, a, a certain like timetable for anybody. In terms, I just mentioned that earlier about timetables. Like when a player's injured, like for example, I'll give you an example. Dylan Austin on Twitter at Dylan A Main Zero asks, Do we have timetables for either of the players return coming back from injuries? That's LaMelo, Terry, or obviously Cody Martin, or even now Gordon Haywood. And the answer to that is not specifically. Again, you won't know that until game time or until you actually see the injury report in terms of what players will be listed as. Um, whether they're questionable, doubtful, or out. And even if they're questionable, they could be downgraded to, to you know, doubtful or out as the day goes on. So really, the answer to your question about injuries is simply just check a lot of times with me on Twitter. I'm going to try to update you guys as much as possible right before the game starts. That's the only indication of whether a guy will play or not if he's injured. Until it's about an hour and a half before the game, an hour or so, um, before the game tips off, that's when you have a better idea if player X, who was listed as questionable, doubtful, or out, will play that night. So hope Dylan and everybody else who asked that kind of question, that, that kind of helps you guys out. You won't really know timetables or specifics about a player unless they're like probable or not on the injury list. Anything else, you won't get the information from most coaches until about an hour and a half, an hour or so before tip off. Hope that helps you guys.
again, thanks for the interaction. Thanks for the questions and keep them coming. Speaking of Memphis, I had a chance to talk to Rex Walters, who's on Steve Clifford's staff. And they were in Memphis getting ready to prepare for the Grizzlies. And he gave me a few moments of his time. And I really hope that you guys listen carefully because he gives some really good details about what he does on Steve Clifford's staff, especially on defense. And specifically also how he helps out some of their big men like Mason Plumlee, Nick Richards, and even Mark Williams. So he gave some really great details about just the things that he does and how he's trying to help those players and the overall team um, just get to a certain level. And I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Here it is. We are joined this week by Rex Walter, assistant coach for Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Rex, thanks for joining me this week. Appreciate that, man. Well, thank you for having me. It's fun to be on. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, just give me some general background. I mean, you obviously are part of Steve Clifford's staff. Give me some background about um, where you were before you came and had this job. Wow. So, honestly, I was doing media. I was was doing media. I did the radio for Westwood One, did about five of their national games, worked for Oakland University doing their uh, color analyst work, and got some jobs with, like, Fox Sports. So, this year, I was really working hard to get in with that and just got lucky. I had stayed in touch with Coach Clifford, uh, you know, over the years, quite honestly. There's a connection there with, with Stan Van Gundy and Stan thinks the world of him as well. And when I heard the news, because uh, there was a couple of different jobs, I just said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have guys in mind, but uh, I would love to talk to you if, if an opportunity presents itself to, to you. So um, very fortunate, you know, very fortunate. And I think some people really helped me because we had never worked together before. But there were some some common, you know, background stuff that we both shared that, that really opened up the opportunity for me. Well, that's amazing because it sounds like, like I said, you weren't even ready, not ready, but you weren't anticipating it. So then for the kind of come up the way it did, I'm mean, how excited is that you're that you back in coaching, probably what you wanted to be anyway, I assume. Yeah, yeah. so you know, it, it, it's crazy. I've, I've had some some bad luck, I guess you could say, or some situations that didn't go great. You know, I joined Danny Manning at Wake Forest. He was in the last year. Uh, was very fortunate to work for, uh, I think, you know, a great guy, great coach. And then got to work for Stan Van Gundy uh, twice in Detroit and New Orleans. And, um, you know, it just those those situations did work out, you know, in terms of uh, he was let go. I'm a very loyal guy. So when I go to work for a guy, I'm, I'm going to fight for him to the very end. And so uh, when this opportunity and, and just knowing what I know about Coach Clifford, you know, uh, watching his teams play both in Charlotte and Orlando, an opportunity to work for him, I thought was going to be uh, great. I, I'm blessed. You know, I, I played in the NBA. I've, I've coached in the NBA. I, I'm blessed. I, I don't need to do this. I do this because I love to work with players. You know, I love the fact that, like, and for this one with Coach Clifford, you know, coaching's a lot of things. It's great organization. You know, it's it's accountability. It's letting guys, uh, giving guys hope and confidence and communication. I'm learning so much this year and trying to help him. Uh, really get this thing going. We battled some things, but but yeah, I'm I'm truly blessed. But I do this because I love coaching. I love working with players. Uh, I love uh, them seeing the vision of what they can be and what we can be, and the organization, the plan, the accountability to get there. That to me is a lot of fun. Well, then you, you mentioned you know the coaching aspect of things. What's it like to have that coaching part of tree? You mentioned the Wake Forest thing and. And, and, you know, what was that like to kind of be able to kind of, I guess, go through that part 
and especially being here in Carolina to kind of just experience basketball here, what it's, what it's like here. Yeah, you know, coaching at Wake Forest was a lot of fun. I mean, you got you got the North Carolina fans, you've got the Duke fans, you've got the NC State fans, you've got the Wake Forest people, and it's just the ACC basketball is so good. You know, and every night's a great challenge. You know, Wake Forest, we really challenge ourselves in the non-conference as well. So um, just being a part of that and just being in Charlotte, you know, it's funny about maybe four or five months ago, we, we were at the Spectrum Center, my wife and I, we love John Mayer. You know, we flew in for the concert, you know, and just being around Charlotte, it's such a great city. Uh, downtown's a special place, being in the Spectrum Center, watching a concert, hanging out that day and then flying back the next morning. I had no idea that, you know, just a short time later, I'd be working and living downtown, walking to work, going to work every day and, and just being a part of that community. Well, before you get into your job with the Hornets, one more thing is I know you were at Nevada, I guess, right, with Eric Musselman. And one of the people, I guess, who was there at that time was Martin Twins, right? So what's it like kind of being around Cody again, now your part of staff? It's really funny. And we had great success. And we had great success because of Cody and Caleb Martin, you know, being on that team. But like, it's funny when, when NBA teams would call me about Cody and say, hey, if, if he's on your team, you're headed in the right direction. He, he's the ultimate competitor. He's a winner. Like we would, must would always have film at every meal. There'd be film on the, you know, on the screen somewhere. And this kid would always be watching it like intently looking for cracks against his opponent, uh, finding ways to be more efficient. And he wasn't a big scorer in college, but what he was, he was a great winner. You know, he's going to defend the best player. He was going to run the team. He was going to get guys involved. He was going to compete at the highest level. And when your best players are your best competitors and winners, right, workers, you always have a chance to be successful. So it's funny when in Vegas he flew in, it was summer league, and he saw me and I was like, he, he was like kind of surprised, like what the heck's just happened here, you know? And we're hoping to have that same type of success. I mean, obviously the NBA is another level. I don't know if we'll win 29, 30 games and, and lose seven. Obviously that's not going to happen, but we're going to be every in every single game when Cody Martin's around because I love being around him. Uh, his, his approach every day is phenomenal. We just got to get him healthy. Well, it's funny because on the outside, there are some fans, and even in college, who he tells me, like, don't think he's as good of a player as he really is. I guess he's motivated by, like, the haters out there, per se. Just what about that and the people who don't see things that he doesn't, that he does well on the basketball court that maybe you don't see in a box score? Because he may not go out there and score 20 points a game or hit five threes, but he does stuff that kind of helps teams win, right? What about that? Yeah, he, he's going to, what, what I say, he's going to make all the winning plays. And when I say winning plays, if there's a loose ball, he's going to be there. He's going to get it. If there's a box out, if there's a sink and fill, if there's a coverage, if there's talk communication that needs to be had, he's going to do all of those little things that add up to winning. Uh, you know, our defense is going to be so much better every time that he's available and on the floor. Like it just, it just goes up. And then, the, the simple things, setting screens, reading situations, hitting the open man, making the right play over and over and over again, whether it goes in or not, whether you get the stop or not, those are the things that lead to winning. And that's why I label him a winning player, because he does all of those little things. Now, tell me a little bit of insight about your job on Tiff staff. What do you do specifically and, and how – I guess it will evolve as you guys kind of figure out what works best for each coach and each player, stuff like that on staff. 
well, like last night, scouting report. So Chicago was my scout and Atlanta was my scout. So I want to, you know, watch five games. I want to have a great feel for the things that they're running, their their defensive philosophy, how they're going to cover uh, different situations. So we put ourselves and give suggestions, you know, to Coach Cliff. I'm on, hey, here's some things that we can really do to attack them. Um, unfortunately, you know, last night we ended up with another starter, you know, missing the second half. And our guys played hard. They really did. Uh, and they gave us a chance, but, you know, things just kind of added up. But, you know, scouting reports are important. Player development, and I do work with the bigs. I work with Mason. I work with Nick. I work with Mark, uh, trying to help them develop their game. Not just develop their game, but develop their game inside of what we're doing. You know, we don't all get to do what we want to do on the court. It's the things that we need you to do to be successful. And then for us, it's, you know, last night I'm just watching screening. And every time, every time there's a screen, I'm looking at Mace or I'm looking at Nickel. That's a good screen, you know, because we got to get separation for our guards. We got to get, we got to set good, hard legal screens. Working on their skill development as well, you know, being able to play on both sides of their body, being able to finish at the rim, being able to finish around the rim, uh, different situations in the pick and roll, whether it's a a, a hard rim run, it's a, a shorter roll, and developing that part of the game. And I, and I always talk about playing on both sides of their body. I think those are probably the two biggest things. And then in practice, you know, people will, will you know, joke because I'm the get back guy. Every time we shoot a shot, I'm yelling get back because transition defense. We want to be great on the offensive class, but we also want to make teams play against a set defense as much as possible. But I just try to help uh, in coaches. We have a big coaching staff. It's great. And we have a great coaching staff, a lot of really good people, good basketball people that I get to be around and learn from every single day. So. Um, that, that's another part of the job that, that I really enjoy. Those are two important, important tasks. I mean, talk about the big guys working with them. I mean, Nick is obviously off to a great start this season. Um, Mason is doing Mason things out there. He feels some stat sheet, rebound, something like that. Um, and then Mark, obviously, he's in Greensboro right now, but still he's, he's a project. So as you work with these big guys, we know – Franchise-wise, it's a big position because they're trying to find somebody in, inside to kind of help, you know, interior to kind of help this team get to that next level. So with you being somebody to kind of help them out in that regard, how important is it for you to, to be available for these guys, to, as you said, to kind of make them do things with them just to actually help you guys win these ball games the way you want to? Yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be a plan every single day and a bigger vision for where they can be and what they can be in the future. You know, because I have, I have a veteran in Mason that really knows the league. I, I've got a younger guy that's still, you know, proving himself and, and, and Nick's done a great job. And then I got Mark and, and the sky's the limit for really him as well. So, you know, the plans are a little bit different for each guy, but at the same time, every day, you know, there's going to be film for them on practice and games, uh, who we're playing against and how we want to guard people and how they're weak on maybe one area of their game as a defender. We want to take advantage of those things. Uh, we got to make sure that they understand the scouting report, which coach, which we what we need to do as a as a as a team from them uh, to give ourselves the best chance of success. And then, yes, every day their development as a basketball player, uh, how they're gonna and what they can be. And I talk to our guys about that. What 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 do you think you can be in the future? Even with an older guy like Mason, where where can you go? Where can we take this thing? Because I want their careers right to be as long as possible as well. I'm invested in that as well as obviously the team goal is the most important thing, but also for these guys and for them to know that, Hey, I want to see them continue to grow and build and, and uh, be the best version of themselves that they can be. 
And then you mentioned the get back guy as well. I mean, I know in football, they have to get back close on the sideline, but yours is different. It's, it's get back on defense. How important is that, especially for a team that didn't have great defense in that regard last year, going back and forth from offense to defense? How important is it for you to make sure these guys are getting back and the importance of making sure teams aren't getting easy buckets against you guys out there? Well, it's huge. I mean, playing against set defense, it's, it's just so important to make teams do that. I mean, we're at our best when we get a rebound, get a block shot, right, get a steal. We're, we're phenomenal uh, in transition. Well, we know the other teams can be really good as well. So, you know, you have to make decisions at the point of the shot. And we've decided, and I think it's so true that, you know, shot goes up. You've got to make great decisions on whether or not you have a legitimate chance at an offensive rebound, because if you don't, we need you back. We need that that offense coming at us to see a set defense, bodies in front of them, in, ready to protect the rim, protect the paint, and then be ready to close out because we know in this league, guys can really shoot the basketball. And you've got to do all three with great communication, right, constant communication so we can get matched up and give ourselves the best chance every single night against the best players in the world. I think that's the thing people don't understand. You mentioned is defense and just – the importance of that in the NBA. You're going to have guys who are going to score. It's just the way it is because they're so great at what they do. But defense wins you guys' games, right? What about that? And people don't understand that at times against uh, just how important it is to make sure your defense is sound every night out there on the floor. Yeah, and our guys have really bought into it. There, there's, a, there's a level of accountability. You know, Coach Clifford's teams have always been very good defensively. You know, having worked for Stan Van Gundy, I've got a great idea. And those guys working together, you know, of what Coach Clifford wants to get accomplished each day. Uh, in each game, in each practice, uh, there's a lot of teaching going on right now. And so I think it's great for our players. And I think this is why, what I love about this team and working for Coach Clifford. It's so process, you know, oriented. You know, we're always thinking about where we're going to get to, how we're going to get there, you know, having a plan, having a game that we're going to play every single night. And, and we're not there yet. We're, we're eight games into the season and we are banged up. But even last night, you know, our effort, although the score wasn't great, our effort was good. We didn't make enough shots. You know, we didn't we didn't take advantage of enough things offensively. And we were a little banged up. But, you know, it was about our effort. It's all about our concentration and focus. Uh, and that defensive part of it makes it so much better because then we get out and transition. And that's when we can let our athleticism, our, our skill really dictate the game. And, and so uh, every game, that, that's going to be the goal. Uh, just two more things. You mentioned Coach Clifford. The job he's done so far, obviously, you said the guys are really banged up right now, missing several key players. But to still be right there, I know the record probably isn't like where you want to be. But even so, to be even able to not only be in most of the games you guys have been in so far, but even have a couple of great wins. Just what's it been like to kind of watch him work his magic, I guess, so far when he doesn't have his, his whole team out there? Yeah, it, it's it's so much fun for me to watch it. You know, I've, I've worked for some great coaches. He's a great coach. I mean, there's no the organization, the plan that he's put in place. I think the accountability, but also the communication on what the expectations are and how you can be as a player great in this situation. Because because accountability is important, but also giving guys hope. You know, and and making sure that they know that we believe in them and what they bring to the table. That's what I think is great about Coach Clifford. Yes, I mean, organization is important, no question, right? Uh, a plan is important, but then how you carry out that plan each and every day with a very difficult, I mean, coaching in the NBA is difficult, but you got to take advantage of every day. Like today, 
we're in between games between now and Memphis. Today is still going to be a learning day for our guys. There's going to be a lot of thought put in the film, a lot of thought put into the walkthrough, right? So these guys continue to develop because that over the course of 82 games is going to give us the best chance to be as successful as we can be. So watching him every day, being around him, he's a great communicator. He, he, he genuinely cares about the players, the staff, the people that, because there's so many parts of an organization, our training staff, the communication, and the, the time that he's willing to spend to build that trust that you have to have between coaches, players, and a, and a team, I think for me is really phenomenal to watch. And just last thing is obviously this is your first time I'm sure being around LaMelo um, in person. So what's the kind of like to kind of see him, everybody I talked to about him for the first time, just raves about just his energy. What have you noticed about him your first time and your impressions of him and just how good he can be and what you see from him and how he works behind the scenes? Yeah, and I was fortunate to coach Lonzo in New Orleans. So I've been around him and, and they're in some ways so different, but so the same. I, I think that they've got such, and Melo, his skill level is just off the charts. You just, there's things you can't teach. And then you can see that there's so much more room for growth and development. Um, but here's the thing about Melo. You know, when he walks in the gym, <laughs> he's got this unbelievable energy unbelievable smile, unbelievable personality, um, makes everyone feel good, you know, and, and there's not a lot of, I've seen great players that don't have that. He has that, and he's a great player. Guys love to play with him. They love to be around him, and that's why he's going to be, you know, one of the faces, you know, and yes, he dresses nice too, okay, <laughs> but he's going to be one of the faces of this league as he continues to grow. And I couldn't think of a better coach than Coach Clifford to help him in that process. Hey, well, Rex, that's some great insight, man. We appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time today. I know you guys are busy, like I said, doing stuff with practice and trying to get ready for a back-to-back -back coming up here against Memphis and Brooklyn. So thanks for some time, sir. We appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. That's Rex Walters, guys. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed my chat with Rex Walters. As you can tell, some really good insight there. And not only what he does on Steve Clifford's staff to kind of help the Hornets and, you know, defensive principles and things of that nature, but he just, um, you can tell, kind of gets a little bit. He's, he's not only happy to be here, but he wants to be a part of something big here in Charlotte. And you got to appreciate that if you're a Hornets fan. So once again, many, many thanks to Rex Walters for joining me and giving us some time here on QC Hornets Nest. Well, if you look ahead to the Hornets and what they have coming up, as we mentioned, you know, obviously Rex was in Memphis when he gave us some time to chat uh, as they prepare for their series um, this weekend against, you know, again, starting off against Memphis and then going against the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, even though they're a dumpster fire, that game is no gimme. When you have a Kevin Durant on your team, and even though Kyrie Irving, you know what's going on with him, and his comments and everything, but he still can fill up on any given night. And he did it when he was down in Charlotte, remember last season. So that's not a gimme at all. So the Hornets have really a, a tough back-to-back -back as they prepare to try to right the ship here. And then once the back-to-back -back is finished, they still don't have the gimmies coming up because they host the Wizards on Monday at Spectrum Center before also hosting Portland on Wednesday at home. And then, oh, by the way, 
you go play Miami in the back-to-back, back-to-back in in more reasons, in more ways than one per se, when you not only play them Thursday, follow your game against Portland on Wednesday, but then you also play Miami one of those two-game series deals where you stay around the same city for a couple of days. So the Hornets will finish off that next weekend um, in Miami next Saturday uh, before finishing off a trip in Orlando, which of course is a place they lost last week. So when you look at just what's upcoming for them, again, there are no gimmies on the schedule. So the Hornets have to get healthy fast to get right and not start falling too far below in the standings. All right, this week's random factoid centers around the Hornets' sixth man, Jalen McDaniels. He's had quietly a very good start for the team so far this year. And he's not just done it with his defense. He's obviously shot the ball well from three-point range. But even beyond those two things, he's done something even more impressive to me that kind of shows his evolution as a player. And that is when he picked up a couple of assists against the Bulls in the Hornets' loss on Wednesday night, he actually extended his streak of games with multiple assists to 11, which is not even close to what he had previously in terms of his best. His previous best was just a streak of four, which he had done twice. So he's not only essentially tripled that, but he's done it, again, to help the Hornets get off to a decent start. Although, as we talked about earlier, the injuries have kind of caught him a little bit lately, and they floundered going to this weekend's stretch against Memphis and Brooklyn before they come back for a couple of games at home. But Jalen McDaniels has been really good for the Hornets in a variety of ways, and that stat should tell you just how good he's been distributing the ball to his teammates. Well, so there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Rex Walters. And thank you so very much for joining me on this latest ep of the QC Hornets Nets. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special sub-offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.